to be the world champion with a body like that. And this man, and that's the bottom line. The reign of the modern day Maharaja. And now, your world podcast champions. Good morning, good weekend, or whenever you are listening to this edition of Rumbling Reality. How's it going, Travis? Not too shabby, dude. How are you, Remy? Not too bad. Just, um, we're recording this in the morning, so I'm a little bit, uh, sleepy. Croggy. Croggy. Yeah, that's the right word. <laughs> that's the right word. Oh, man. Let's, um, get into the first topic this, uh, week, and it is about GFW. Travis, uh, you're at Realm. Yeah, um, so Jeff Jared, for the second time, uh, has now been pushed out of his company uh, to a degree. It's not like I thought he took a leave of absence. Huh? I already took a leave of absence. That's what I was going to get to. It wasn't that he was like officially fired Mm -hmm. or anything necessarily, but the leave of absence is apparently an extended leave of absence. (laughs) And uh, it's not voluntary. What did uh, he do this time? According to some reports that I have seen, um, officials at Anthem caught wind of a couple things. One, the whole Hardy situation. Um, they didn't like how Jeff handled that, apparently. Um, to Jeff's credit, he always tried to walk a very, very thin line when it came to that situation because he was... He was on. Uh, he was kind of stuck in the middle because apparently him and Jeff Hardy are actually very good friends, um, and at the same time, he's got his business partners suing them. Mm. So he he always would try. And if you go back and read some of the the interviews, that he I did would not do, know all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you read some of the interviews that he he would do during this whole situation. He would never blatantly come out and say that Impact owns the Hardys, kind of like what Ed Norrell, Norholm, or however you yeah. pronounce the guy's <laughs> name. Um, he would always blatantly come out and be like, well, we own the IP, so that's our property, not theirs. Um, and Jeff, what he would do is he would kind of break down in his knowledge of what the property ensues, and he wasn't necessarily wrong. But there's a lot of details that go into a situation like that. Um, but what he would do is he would explain to a degree what IP properties um, really mean, and then he would kind of insinuate that GFW owns it. Mm-hmm. But he would never directly come out and say, yes, we own the property. So he would always kind of walk that line. So it's it wasn't that he was for the Hardys, but he wasn't for his own company. He wasn't either. putting his foot down. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even backing his own business partners. So or at least he wasn't to the fullest extent. Like he never yeah, yeah. came out and said, We own this property, we should we should own this. Like he would never go against the Hardys like that. But Rebby, on the other hand, uh, had no problems firing off at Jeff Jarrett at any point or time. Oh yeah. Um, still to this she, day. She, she has a habit him. of getting a little bit annoying. Well, she may be a little annoying, but at the same time, Rebby uh, makes a lot of good points. Yeah, Matter yeah. of fact, uh, a point that she brought up uh, 
in an interview not too long ago is a point that I made on this very podcast, which uh, ironically I mm-hmm. believe was either a week or two weeks before she said the same thing, which was um, they already have guys that were in their company to begin with that are doing the exact same gimmick that they did over in their company in WWE. Exactly. Phenomenal AJ Styles is the prime candidate there. That P1 logo that he sports around, just as a bit of trivia, he started that in TNA. So, oh, I thought he did it before TNA. No, no. That that specific logo was created oh, okay. when he was in TNA. Um, so they never sued him for that. And then Samoa Joe, he's not – He's he was known as the Samoan Submission Machine. Yeah. They've never really come out and said that nickname for him. They always just, you know, uh, shorthand him as a submission expert or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's still doing the exact same gimmick he did over there. Um, Eric Young, very arguably at NXT, is doing the exact same gimmick he was doing right before he left GFW or TNA at the time in this uh, American Psycho-like gimmick where he's just a crazy lunatic guy. Mm-hmm doing the exact same gimmick, so to speak. Um, and none of these guys, Bobby Roode is doing a way totally different gimmick. He still oh, has, yeah, beer money to this? Doing, <laughs> well, he's doing basically the exact same mannerisms that he was doing, but he was they weren't using Glorious or anything like that in, in TNA. Um, he's, he's took that as his own, which is great for his career. He's made his career more relevant in WWE in the year and a half that he's <laughs> been there, as opposed to what... I think GFW or TNA ever really did for him. Um, that's just my personal opinion. But getting to my point is you have those other guys that are using the exact same type of gimmick that could typically infringe on IPs, and you don't see Ed Norholm or GFW or Anthem or whoever the hell is behind the whole situation. Uh, they're not suing those guys, and they would have more legs to stand on um, suing them then they did the Hardys. So it makes no sense. Um, so that kind of carried some unfavoritism towards Jeff a little bit. And then I guess there was an incident that took place down in Mexico. I don't really know what the full story is, but I guess uh, the shape he was in when he came out to the ring didn't look so, um, didn't look so healthy um, or clear-headed because apparently from what they're saying is he was stumbling over the steps at one point. Um, there was some stuff that went on there. Again, I don't know the full full length of detail in regards to it. That's yeah. just a little bit about what I know. Um, but basically put, Jeff himself did not know that this was going to get handed down because he had just made a post that morning about some exciting stuff going on with GFW that day. Um, and then at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock their time, or even our, it could have been our time since their offices are located in Nashville, um, he got the word that he was being forced to take a leave of absence from the company. Um, that being said, all this is really, really interesting um, because in the same sentence, there is a, a rumor going around that Anthem and Ed Norholm are trying to already get out of I know. the business already. Not even, so, not even ne- a year in. The next thing is, this is, I think this is, I'm not sure why exactly, but you've seen Matt Hardy's uh, first real video on YouTube this week? Yes. I was so excited. I was like, that shows like, 
he's feeling like he has more leeway now. Well, because here's the thing, and this is uh, there. There's a writer on WrestleZone um, who actually co-hosts. Uh, well, actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but there's a writer, like I was saying, Josh Eisenberg. I've mentioned him on this podcast several times before. Um, and I always bring him up because it always seems like, at least um, from everything I've read from uh, from Eisenberg, he sees a lot of things the way I see them. And, and he sees them in the exact same light I do. Um, for instance, in this situation, um, I believe it was Eisenberg who said that um, – or may, I'm sorry, it could have been somebody else. Anyway, it was a, a writer from WrestleZone.com, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, uh, he was bringing up the fact that this could be very beneficial for the Hardys more so than anything else because uh, the rumor going around is that they're already looking to sell uh, the company. Uh, there's a couple little... Billy Corgan. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a couple different... Uh, no, uh, nudges that they'd have to deal with. One, if they sell the company, they're not selling it under the GFW banner because technically Jeff Jarrett himself still owns the Global Force name. So he owns GFW's name. Anything else that they'd be selling would still be labeled under Impact or TNA Wrestling. Um, Of course, if this is true and they are looking for somebody to buy them out of the wrestling business the forerunner to take uh, to take uh, that offer to buy them would no doubt still be WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people that, if y'all recall, last year there were rumors going around before all this came out with Anthem that they were looking to sell uh, the videotape library uh, to WWE to begin with. The whole rumor back, uh, if y'all remember a year ago about this, when it was uh, they were going to sell the videotape library to mm-hmm. WWE, and then Billy Corgan was just going to relaunch the current product under a different name, so that it was basically brand spanking new. It wasn't; they weren't using the TNA name anymore. They weren't going to use Impact Wrestling anymore. It was going to be a brand, basically a brand new company, mm-hmm. but they would still be utilizing the same stars. Yeah, yeah. Which which that was the deal that apparently had been worked up or at least mentioned. Which was never panned out, obviously. It didn't because they kind of wasted their time. and uh, It's funny because they started putting like logos on the shows and stuff. and you know. They did. I mean, Billy Corgan, for the very short amount of time that he was in TNA, it's very disappointing that he, at, he was there for such a short amount of time because I think he really could have helped the company become yes. a little bit better. Because he has a passion people, for it. Exactly. I was about to say that. People don't people who don't know who Billy Corgan is first off is the former lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, big band back in the 90s. Um, oh yeah. But he's a he was an avid wrestling fan. Um, there were several times where he was at WWE uh, events back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, he was he's a huge wrestling fan and he ran his own promotion anyway uh, before he ever mm-hmm. was brought into TNA at the time. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, so he has experience running a com- uh, running and promoting a wrestling show. It wasn't like his company was ever like a huge huge thing or anything like that. It just he's he's had some experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think he ultimately was given the shot that he was anyway. But then of course he was forced out. 
and then they uh, brought Jeff Jarrett back in, revamped it under Global. Why does everybody? I don't know. I feel like all these uh, indie wrestling groups always bring in like Jeff Jarrett or Hulk Hogan or people that are just in there for the money. It feels like. Well, Jeff's not there for the money because at the end of the day, um, nothing so. He, no, because TNA was his anyway. He started that company with his father. So, um, the way people yeah, ori- originally, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the way that the way that people have described this uh, this return with GFW mm-hmm. was that this was supposed to be uh, Jeff Jarrett's proving ground, meaning that he was going to show that he was he was as good as he thought he was when it came to a promoter that the success that TNA had in its early years was in part to mm-hmm. him, um, that he wasn't a, he wasn't a slack promoter. He wasn't a slack owner or anything like that. And I really think he did have a, he had an argument there because when you look back at TNA's history, some of their best times, um, both was under his, uh, watch. Exactly. It was under his, under his, uh, leadership. Mm-hmm. And then he, of course he brought in to, he brought in that know nothing Dixie Carter of professional wrestling, um, who basically helped destroy that company by bringing in guys like Hulk Hogan and, and Eric Bischoff, not saying that they were people that were wanting to destroy the company, but it was more so of, they were giving them financial, uh, uh, not leeway, but they gave them financial, backing so much to the point where they almost probably could have bankrupt the company like WCW did because no offense to Hogan and no offense to Bischoff, but they were, I'm sure, asking for a pretty good sizable salary. Yeah, and oh you're yeah. Asking, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they got it, but more importantly, it's like you're giving these sizable salaries to these guys what are they giving back? Like, are they going to put any of their money towards the company? Which they didn't. So mm-hmm. they didn't really help uh, TNA grow necessarily. They tried by making them a touring company. You know, they did go to house shows and they started filming Impact outside of Orlando. They they did that, but it was costing the company more money than what they were bringing in. So financially, they were sinking TNA. Again, I don't think Eric Bischoff or Hulk Hogan ever had the intention to sink the company, but financially speaking, that's exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it was already putting TNA behind the eight ball. So now you've got a situation where, once again, seemingly it, it seems like a company who, by the way, is uh, promoting how they signed a new TV deal here. Yeah, they're about to. They're about to launch the Global Force Network, which is going to be their play off of the WWE Network for everything TNA and GFW and things like that. Um, to which, uh, speaking of Rebby Hardy, she uh, came back earlier this week and was like, "Huh, okay, well, you talk about how you're doing all these things, but are you like, are you being for real now? Because I don't see how that's financially going to happen because." Right now, they don't really have the financial backing on that either, especially if Anthem is looking to sell them, which, of course, as any good public investor always does, denies every bit of rumor until it actually falls through. Exactly. Until it actually happens, you deny, you deny, you deny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Ed Norum come out and said that there's no truth to the rumor. I personally think that if Dave – I believe it was Dave Meltzer who broke the news that Anthem was looking to get out – of the wrestling game. And if Dave Meltzer breaks it, 
you can pretty much take it to the bank that his sources are not inaccurate whatsoever. Um, so it would not surprise me if, once again, we hear something down the line of WWE negotiating uh, to, to buy the videotape library because if they do, they buy the IP rights to the Broken Hardy gimmick, yep. which benefits the Hardys, bringing in Broken Matt, Brother Nero, and then, of course, if they ever wanted to bring in Rebby Hardy or Senior Benjamin. Man, Rebby used, be, yeah, used to be really hot. I mean, Rebby's Rebby's a good. She was a good wrestler for her time, you know. And I was just seeing older pictures and her mat were together. I was like, man, she was really hot. Well, and the only reason she stopped wrestling is because she's she's a mom. She became yeah. a mom, and you know that's and they're so, very active on their. I'm family. glad we got into the mom and family thing because WWE, WWE announced that they're going to go live on Christmas. Yes, <laughs> that's. Which, which Freaking Jeff's horrible. wife was not happy about Oh, my all. God. Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy's wife both went to Twitter on that one. And you can yeah. go see their exact words on rumblingrumors.com. Um, which what, which what do you think later about was debunked by Beth herself because, you know, she was very much the the one that was like, um, we don't like this. Like, how, how cool of WWE to be running a Christmas show on Christmas when mm -hmm. we don't get to spend time with our families and WWE apparently, or somebody got in touch with Beth, who later, like real quickly too, came back out and said, um, "My mistake, my correction. Um, turns out it's not it's not the company's doing; it's the networks." So, <laughs> what does that even mean? Means so, NBC Universal oh. is causing WWE to run a live show on Christmas and New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Yeah, but they can. There's many things they can go around it. They don't <laughs> do a live. They could do recaps. They could do a. They could do some kind. They could. There's so many things they could do. They have before, the, which was still live. Have two announcers there and go over the past weeks or top but 20 here's wrestlers. The here's the thing, and this is where it gets complicated. Um, none of us know exactly what kind of deal is struck with NBC Universal, which is uh, in the company that runs the USA Network, Sci-Fi, NBC, what have you. Um, we don't know what's in their contracts. Mm. Um, so if NBC is requesting, and this is only basic knowledge that I have, if they are requesting you to put out brand new content on a certain day, and you have a signed contract stating that they have freedom to ask them on what days you want to provide that uh, or what they would prefer you to provide that new content on, you can run into a situation where the company doesn't have a choice. Yeah, but, was, but usually they're not very specific on what kind of content as long as it's new content. They could have exactly, a battle royal with NXT be, guys on there. There's so many things they could do. Do you really could, think... That's still making guys work. If you, I get where yeah. you were going with I'm talking about guys show. that really want to, to make something for themselves. They'll want to be on Raw on Christmas Day. But somebody like... Do, do you really think people like John Cena or those guys are going to be on Christmas Day? You think Vince is going to give them a little bit of leeway? Um, the top guys. Uh, well, John's going to be gone anyway. Mm. So um, Roman like, Reigns, um, yeah, exactly. But the guy really that, think mm. you really think he's going to uh, say no, Roman? You can stay home. Or what if they're going to do like a backstage you now recording no. thing? No, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now with the way everything is playing out, mm. you're going to see a live Raw. It's not. There's not going to be a recap because here's the thing with your recap theory. Yeah, you can go in and say that. 
oh, look, you've got announcers that are recapping the year They've done that it before. we had. But the problem with that is that's the that's not the new content they're looking for. When you're a wrestling product and you're a wrestling show, a recap show is showing old content that has been previously done. That's not new content, and that can be a breach of contract. So yeah, but I'm pretty on sure one of the on highest stated. rated shows on television, they're not going to break a contract over that. Pretty you wouldn't sure. think so, but dude, we first off, neither one of us knows what's in these spe- contracts specifically. Yeah. But on top True. of that, you're talking two big business companies. You're talking about WWE. You're talking about NBC Universal. You're talking about two companies that are huge. So and they they want to see you, whose stick is bigger. Do you really think any real content or storyline is going to develop? Because most people aren't, I mean, I might, because I'm actually off that day, but most people are not going to tune into Raw when they're with their families, they're on, you know, outings. It's just kind of like, it's going to have a pretty bad rating already. Exactly. So I wonder what storylines or matches or things are really going to happen. It just sounds like, is Mick Foley going to be there? I doubt it. It'd be cool though. Santa Claus. I would hope not. No offense to Mick Foley. No, done and over with. What? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not big on it. That's his thing. First I'm off, not either, since but... WWE went PG, um, all their Christmas freaking stories and things like that are the dumbest things. I know, but I kind of like them. A miracle on 34th Street. It makes fight. me feel like a little kid again. What? Okay. 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 If you were a little kid, you'd freaking love that. Maybe, but I'm not. And the point is, is that I'm not a little kid anymore. I don't like seeing hokey well, stuff like that. You know so what? More than likely, guess I'm not who? Guess who buys? Guess who buys more merchandise and contributes more to WE than you? Little kids. Kids. Yeah. Because kids go running to their parents. Yeah. Kids Hell yeah. Don't buy that stuff. I want the new. I want the new John Cena figure. Yeah. Kids don't buy that stuff. Parents do. Well, guess what? Still, they're making them buy it for them. So they are contributing more to WWE than you are and me. I understand that, which is why WWE went PG in the first place. Oh hell yeah! Uh, okay, I want to go with a couple more, t- a whole bunch of topics. Um, so, what do you think about Ronda Rousey? She's actually going to be appearing in, um, officially appearing in. Um, appearing. There's. Let's. let's I know. Clarify. I know. Appearing, but you never know. Appearances. Appearances can lead to other things. It's happened they, before. They can. They can, and you know we've got the May Young Classic Finals that are taking place this upcoming Tuesday on the WWE Network live from Las Vegas, um, and Ronda Rousey's fellow Four Horsewomen MMA member yeah. Shayna Baszler is in the finals. So um, okay, so a couple questions about this though. Do you sure. think a couple questions? I guess a load of questions. Um, do you think uh, Ronda there is taken away from that Baron Corbin woman girl? Um, <laughs> what? She, reminds, she reminds me of Aaron Corbin. Somebody, what? Post, somebody posted a funny ass meme on uh, Twitter. It showed that uh, UFC girl, whoever her name is, uh, in the May Young Classic, and it showed that that little Asian girl she's going against. And he guy uh-huh. goes, guy goes, it's basically Shinsuke versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was, I was like, "That's so true." Bear <laughs> how Baron Corbin acts in the ring and different things. Whatever. So, do you think Ronda Rousey's um, presence there is going to take away from her win or her there? It feels like. Um, it has it already? Hasn't it already? Then I know they keep panning to her, like every five, every two minutes they pan to her. But to her, to her, uh, 
the argument can be made there that yes, while they have been giving some uh, on-air camera time to Rhonda and the other four horsewomen, the focal point still has been on Shayna because she's the one that's competed and uh, she's in the finals. You know, it'd be one thing if they panned to her and she lost at some point yeah. in the in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. That's one thing. But the fact that you've pushed her all the way to the finals, which in same term could potentially be a political move too, because they could Dude, see that. Of course it is. Are you pushing, kidding me? Yeah, we're pushing Rhonda's friend to potentially bring Rhonda in. So, oh, do you have you even yeah. seen the amount of wrestling girls that are wrestlers in that match? I've watched every match so far, and there's so many girls that are awesome, and they and they have her pushed. I'm like, oh my god, she's. Are you talking about Shayna Baszler? Yeah, she's nothing like I the like actual Shana, professional wrestlers. But, yeah, but she's yeah, not a professional wrestler. Well, and I was gonna say, and this is this is where this is what kind of sucks. Um, I like Shayna. Like I, I was a fan of Shayna Baszler when she was uh, uh, MMA fighting. Um, I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler currently, but she's still very new to wrestling. Um, uh, I know she's her been, matches. Yes. I would, I would say I know she's I, I know she's been doing it for about maybe two years, maybe three now. I could be wrong, um, but I want to say that's about the rough estimate time. Um, of course, none of us, uh, me in particular, I really have no right to talk because it's not like I I'm a wrestler myself. Yeah, but still. But I was gonna say I work I work with independent wrestlers um, at indie promotions. Matter of fact, yesterday I just ran the ropes for the first time in about four years. Yesterday, oh yeah, uh, that's cool. It was, it, and it was just something I did. I, it felt I fun. Just, I got in, I got inside. I just started doing it, and then uh, one of, Who'd you one do of with? my good friends, huh? Who'd you do it with? Well, that's what I was about to say. Is uh, originally I was just, it was just myself because running the ropes, you don't need anybody. But um, but my buddy, um, who's a good, who's a phenomenal independent wrestler. For those of you that don't don't know him. Go check him out. His name's Barrett Brown. He's a current reigning NWA Junior World uh, World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, go check him out. Uh, he's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Just yeah. go look up some of his matches. Um, he was he was in the ring too. And um, after he saw me do a couple times back and forth, he jumped in and started doing drop downs. So uh, of course, it, it at that point it showed just how long I had been away from her <laughs> because I started I damn near tripped over him about two or three times. So, uh, but it was it was fun. It was fun to just get back and and do that. I, like I forgot what the feeling was to do that, and I forgot um, even though running the ropes is not necessarily fun, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it was fun for me to get in there and do that for the first time in a while, but. Anyway, I digress. That's really uh, that's really cool, though. Yeah. Um, so, did you 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 uh, announced last night? Yeah, yeah, cool. I had one of my gigs last night. Um, but anyway, back to our topic. Shayna <laughs> uh, Shayna is still new. Um, I which think which indie promotion was it? Uh, WFC. Okay, making sure. I'm, I'm riding uh, the little um, uh, the little um, bar for what we're talking about for the podcast. Yep, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um. She uh, she's still very in some terms I think green. Um, I I personally think she needs some work on selling. That's just me personally. Oh, no, just because me watching some of her matches, uh, again I don't I don't have any right to. It feels like she gets I'm pissed too easy in the ring, and she won't let the other opponent like have their spots. 
it very well could be that. I don't. I don't know. Again, I don't have any right to really say anything because it's not like I'm in there doing. Yeah, it. but we're spectators. So as a spectator, we're spectating what the person is doing in the ring. If you're watching very a movie, true. if you're watching a movie, spending money, if you're spending your time, you know, watching the show while the ads are going, you're you have a right to spectate on this person. And what it looks like to me is she gets pissed off too easily. She's not letting the other opponent get her their spots. She's not selling well at all for the opponent when they hit her, their moves. It just feels like when her matches are going, it's nothing uh, exciting. I, I think what I think what we have an issue with uh, with Shayna is that she still has a very much an MMA mentality. Oh yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is it comes to the selling aspect of like you're saying. Anytime somebody would throw like a thigh kick, uh, for instance, she wouldn't sell it. But the second she threw the same thigh kick, exactly. the other girl sold it. So yes. it was like, huh, okay. Because that's, she's probably used to not showing many emotions. When you're MMA, you don't want to show you're getting hurt. I mean, right. they're going to work on that spot if you hold your ribs. Right. And I think and I think that may – and I, you and I are on the same page when it comes to but that. But why so the hell push her so quick if there's so many girls who have been wrestling for 10, 15 years who deserve that spot who actually put on a better show? It's because well, of like Rousey and it's because of her presence. That's why I said it. it's a political move, man. I hate there's, that, though. I hate that. I, I, I'm sorry. I hate saying it, but I, I've just had many conversations with many different guys just in my short time. Uh, in the actual wrestling business, uh, the only response I have to that man is that's part of the game. It's 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 politics, man. Even in wrestling, there is no shortage of politics. Yeah, that's true. Okay, next topic because you never know what fans don't find exciting. So next one, um, dude. I'm excited Roman for Reigns. the May Young Classic though. So oh, I like it too. Uh, Roman Reigns, John Cena. Man, I am really enjoying this feud. I am too, and it's wow. so disappointing that it had to be rushed so quickly. Dang. It, um, I mean, I don't even know if I care now because it's been so good. It's been so off the cuff, and Brains may have not won at all yet <laughs> in the debates. But it he just, hasn't. It's just showing how, fuck, how awesome John Cena is on the freaking mic. It is, and and to Roman Reigns' credit, though, yeah. and this is and yes. this is where I want to I want to clarify. He's he's hanging in there. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, I. That's what I like about this feud is that it brings that sense of reality that is that I still feel is truly lacking with WWE, yep. and something that I think that they failed to capitalize on because so many people think that just because you're under the PG banner, you can't do reality-based type of storylines yep. um, because they feel like it's too attitudinal. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but that's what opinion, gets you ratings, though. You don't got to cuss and say stuff, you know? No, not at all. And a prime example of that would be Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon from SmackDown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens literally went guns blazing on well, Kevin SmackDown. Owens, I haven't watched – I didn't get to watch SmackDown this week. Dude, I'm not even going to spoil it for you because, quite frankly, you just need to watch the first 30 minutes. Well, I love, I love get, Kevin Owens. You know me. Him and Shane, though, it's – it. It's so golden, and Kevin Owens, I am saying it still, is a true amount heel in wrestling to this day, and he knows. I think he is one of the guys that gets it, and what I mean by that is you can still have a PG product, but you can still make it entertaining and reality-based because the topics he brings up and the things that he says 
on SmackDown this past week. Yeah. Um, yeah, they push buttons. They push a lot of sensitive hmm. buttons. So I, I'm very much that guy that's like, you can push that boundary. But you still can be PG. You just need to know where that line is so that you don't cross it. Yep. It's that simple. And I think WWE fails on that All more often than not. Which is why I think Suffering Reigns and Cena yep. so good. Reigns and Cena feels real. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, they've been taking jabs at each other that we still don't know whether or not this is their actual feelings towards each other. We know that this is what our feelings are as fans towards both of them. Mm-hmm. But is this how they really feel about each other? Or are they just utilizing what well, the fans feel to it, when, add it to make it feel more real? It feels like when when Cena says it to Reigns, it feels real. And then it when Reigns says it to Cena, it feels like stuff the just fans have been saying. Well, it does, but at the same time, you can see it, and more so on that very first promo yeah. that they went against at the contract signing. Reigns got pissed. Oh, yeah. You know? I love I that. Mean, I was you, like, ooh, I like that. Yeah, you could see it. And and again, if he wasn't pissed <laughs> at all, then he did a real good job. If he's not like pissed at pissed. all, he needs to get out of this business because that's, I mean, this, this, you need to get worked up a little bit. you got to show some kind of emotion to get the fans into it. Well, no. that's what I'm saying is I think if he – that's what I was getting to is if he wasn't if he wasn't mad at all about what was being said, then he definitely just did a good job of reacting and making it seem like he was because, again, you either – he either was uh, – he either was pissed or he deserves an Academy Award because <laughs> that, was a, that was a great performance on his part. I love uh, – I love the fact that – he played into calling John Cena out when he probably was was he was probably told backstage, "Don't get into any confrontation, you know, don't don't fight yet, you know, those kind of things." And he mm-hmm. called Cena out, knowing that Cena couldn't fight him yet. It was I thought that was pretty smart. It's been it's I mean it's this whole feud has been really well done. Um, it sucks that it's being done in such a short amount of time because I really feel like this is a feud that could progress way past no they're mercy saying the they're saying they're it's gotten such i mean you can go to youtube man it's just nuts it's gotten such high rankings high trending whatever the hell they're saying they might push it to wrestlemania i was saying that's a long ass feud but they've done well, lo- but is, they've done longer yeah and this is something that you and i were just discussing i think just the week before um that all this started this is i mean this feud started right after SummerSlam. So you and I, I think, had said it on either the podcast before SummerSlam or right after SummerSlam that Roman Reigns and John Cena is a money feud. Despite what anybody would like to think otherwise, the facts are the facts. John Cena sells merchandise. Roman Reigns sells merchandise. They sell tickets. They are the draw for WWE. And you're putting the two big draws for WWE against each other and to have this... Uh, as the outcome so far is been money and it has been nothing mm-hmm. but bank for WWE because fans like me who don't have anything against John Cena anymore and actually like Cena. That's the funny part I'm saying too, man. I've seen so many live reactions and before they start the video or before they're like, you know, they're all talking about how they're kind of like, they, they're, okay, I've seen so many now. People are like, you know, I used to say I hate John Cena in my past YouTube videos, but for some reason, he's growing on me again, and I was like, "That's so true." He's right now is the kind of John Cena we used to love. Yeah, yeah, 
Because, but Cena, I think is is a lot more crafty now. He's had a lot more experience. Um, I mean, he's a ten year veteran. He's a well, no, I'm sorry, uh, a fifteen year veteran now. Um, and we get to see this is Cena at his best because he doesn't mm-hmm. need writers anymore. He doesn't need somebody giving him a script. Maybe he needs the some Zack writers on, on his own. Yeah. You know, we don't need we don't. And Cena doesn't need to be censored. Cena can do that himself. Exactly. You know? That's why he's so good. Yeah. Here's the thing. When when you have to... I'm not, I don't hate Roman Reigns at all. I like Reigns. I think it's just he's doing good right now. But when you have to respond with cuss words and your little bitch and stuff, it's That's not... What I was there's not too. like deep stuff like John Cena was saying. It's like a initial crowd reaction pop compared to John Cena's like well thought out, you know, you know, line. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I completely agree because... That's that's my thought too. If you have to resort, which that, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to say that Cena's innocent of this because Cena, oh no, I mean he cusses too. But when you resort to a name calling of cussing, then that means you don't really have much creativity in what you're saying. Cena, no problem. He didn't he didn't need to call Reigns a bitch. He didn't need to call him anything. No. He called him a cheap John Cena knockoff, yeah. and it got it got one of the biggest because it kind of feels like that a lot of times. It is though because yeah. Cena is very much the machi- well. Originally, Cena was not the machine's choice to to lead the company, and he forced that hand by showing how popular he became. Mm-hmm. So he became the company guy. Reigns is the first guy though that I believe they've said here. Um, that WWE literally picked a guy and said, this is the guy, and we're going to push him as such. When, back in the day, the way you became the guy was by the reaction of the people. You know, which, arguably, people are like, hey, he's getting, it doesn't matter that he's getting booed, and it doesn't matter necessarily that he's getting cheered, he's just getting a reaction, which is what you want. Mm -hmm. So, and he does, he gets the reactions. But... If you're trying to build him up to be this badass baby face, well, you fail because <laughs> and I don't care what anybody says, there still needs to be good guys and bad guys in in wrestling. Roman reigns coming out saying he's a gray area guy is stupid. yeah, we, because, we talked about it last week. <laughs> yes, it's dumb because you can't you, you can't do that. A guy who sells more merchandise than anybody else who apparently still is the top selling merchandise guy. In WWE is Roman Reigns. Nobody comes close to him, apparently. And yet you're telling me that he's a gray area guy? Yeah, like I said last week, it's more the fact that he gets a lot of boos and a lot of cheers. Sure. It's, I mean, that's why he thinks he's a gray area guy. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but more people either don't like Reigns than uh, than actually do like him or they're just ups- they're just upset with the fact he's been pushed so hard the last couple of years that has left a sour taste in their mouth. They like him, but they just rather, you know, go with the crowd and boom. <laughs> I agree. Uh what other topic we got for us, Travis? Um well we saw Corey Graves debut on SmackDown this past Blah. week. What? Blah. Well, no, I, something I wanted to bring to, to the attention was um, Corey Graves being on SmackDown. Uh, Eric Bischoff, going back to Eric Bischoff for a second, and Nick Hausman, they have their own show, Bischoff on Wrestling Podcast. He said it earlier this week 
And it was the exact same thought that I had when that when I heard that they announced Corey Graves as being JBL's replacement. Um, it dilutes the brand split because why? That's a good point. Because now you're sending a guy who's supposed to be a Raw commentator, and now he's going to commentate on SmackDown too. That's a good point. So now you're you're diluting the the brand split. And I thought that very thing when they announced it. I was like, well, that was that was kind of. I mean, I like Graves. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, that kind of stupid to send a Raw guy over to do SmackDown too. Granted, he was there anyway doing the 205 live. But one can make the argument, because the cruiserweights are exclusive on Raw, that it still is a Raw guy doing something for Raw with the 205 Live show. Um, why on earth would you send him over on SmackDown? Why not bring somebody else in to potentially do the color aspect of that yeah. so, that, so that it can remain different? It can remain a different S show. Speaking of diluting brands, did you enjoy so much of Enzo on Raw? I didn't see Enzo's part on Raw. Oh, was it last I only Raw then? Watched the, I only watched the Hulu version, which didn't have him on there. Oh, well, actually, I've been like uh, watching live well, because I've just been really excited for Jeff Hardy getting pushed lately. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I've been trying to watch live as much as I can while I'm at work. And there is so much Enzo backstage stuff. There's so much as like, God, what is... I know they're trying to build for 205 Live. They have Neville come out there and they backstage, whatever it is. But I'm like, please, I mean... Am I the only one who is getting tired of seeing Enzo and just talking all the time? I mean, I mean, I am. If you're a bit, if you're a decent sized guy, you can back up all your talk. But if you lose half the matches you're in and you're talking trash all the time, you look like a freaking I don't know. Yeah, no, I it gets agree. boring. It's just like it's like something they can't back up their talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that because that's kind of one of those things where I've thought something similar to it is that if you're going to have somebody um, come out here and, and talk this big game but doesn't really back it up, are they really anything to be impressed with? And that's why Bray Wyatt has not really flourished because they've held him down so many freaking, in my mind, in my mind. He talks so much, has an awesome mic skills, awesome game, and then it comes to the matches, they always make him freaking lose it. It's like, or the major ones. Not Maybe not recently. He's had a couple good ones. But throughout his career, come on. Yeah. Um, That's why he's so excited the last time. what He won the title. When was it? Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, February. He went, I mean, everybody was, I mean, everybody on Facebook, on Twitter were going crazy because they were so excited he won such a pivotal match. But it's like they, they're saying this because he's been held down and lost so many major matches. They didn't expect him to win at all. But you know, to, to that argument, though, too, and uh, it's like I was saying about this uh, last week, I believe, um, as much as we have to say that, oh, well, you know, he's, he's lost a lot of high-profile feuds, uh, we all thought that him going to Raw was going to diminish what he had built on SmackDown. And to WWE's credit, they haven't really tarnished Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. If anything, they've kept him very relevant on Raw, um, which has been great. You know, I'm, I actually have enjoyed the Balor feud. Um, and one could say that he actually has been winning that feud. Uh, and I say that because while, yes, Balor picked up the win um, at SummerSlam, just six days prior, they had a one-on-one -on -one match where Bray Wyatt won. Yeah. So, um, 
And that's where you can make the argument, well, it was the Demon King Balor who beat Bray Wyatt, God. not Finn Balor. Which make is me, what they're running with right now. Make me barf. Story. But it, at the same time, as, as hokey as that may sound, it's actually some semi-true. Because yeah. you can actually make that argument that it wasn't Finn Balor, it was the Demon okay. Balor. When we start getting to those things, then to me it becomes so awfully PG. And it makes adults have to really, really disband their belief and think, Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's the same person with paint on his face. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like he really changed up his moveset or anything. At least with Cactus Jack, he started right. bringing out pans and, uh, you know, chain not chainsaws. <laughs> well, I, get, I know, I get where you're going. You know what I mean? That. He actually brings out a whole different set, and he's like a whole different right. person. But with Finn Balor, right. it's really paint with the same moveset. Right. Mick Foley was, I mean, that's why Mick Foley is so idolized as being somebody who could who could make any character work for him. Um, and you can switch him like, on a dime. That's the cool part. Well, and it's like there's maybe one or two uh, There's maybe a total of maybe three or five moves that Mick would just universally use, whether he was Jack, uh, Mankind, or Dude Love. Um, or even, you know, playing himself, if you want to go that route, too. Yeah. But... Like you said, he would totally change up every gimmick. So there was no sense of the other one. Yes, we all knew it was Mick Foley. We all knew that he was playing this character, and we all know that this character is also this guy and things like that. We, yeah. we get that. But he did such a good job of doing transitions from character to character that each one of them felt unique. Exactly. So so I get I get your argument there. And I, and I see where you're going with that. Hey, I too. love Finn Balor. Finn Balor's one, yeah, one of my guys, but too. it's like when they're when they're when we're, when we're saying we're pushing him and we're trying to say he only beat Bray Wyatt because he he channeled his energy and it's not really Finn Balor. It's it's Demon Finn Balor. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna make two scorecards and two historic match match you know history things for the same guy. It's so yeah. weird. It is, and, and, and that's probably not going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, you never know. It, it, you nev you're right, you never <laughs> I mean. know. But Because it's WWE after all. So. Yeah. But it's it's very possible that they so, could still go the same route. Do you think Finn Balor, I mean, I, uh, he, um, uh, if you go to rumblingrumors.com, you can actually find an interview with him about him talking about his face paint and about a couple of the wrestlers backstage telling him to stop going that route. Hence, maybe one of the reasons why he's really gone back on it the last year. Um, so, do you really think Finn Balor has a long-term success rate if he keeps putting on the paint, going back and forth, or at least sticking to one character? It gets uh, confusing. No. It gets a little, what? No, I uh, I don't I don't think it's bad for him, and I don't think he should stop it. Okay. Um, How about the fact that Jeff Hardy is holding off on his paint because of Finn Balor, which push pisses me the fuck. Well, if that's first off, if that's the case, Jeff Hardy said that in an interview. He was literally where? told, "I have it on normallyrumors.com." Jeff, Jeff Hardy was literally told um, uh, backstage, and in a, he, he he joked, he joked about it. But he was, oh, it was uh, okay. I'll tell you exactly when it was. It was at a Comic Con convention less than a month ago. Him and Matt Hardy sat down. I watched the whole thing. Uh, he basically was saying uh, he was kind of told to hold back on the paint until he has a singles run or you know or um, until the time is right and he, and he made a joke about Finn Balor you know kind of ruining his thing well in that Which case sucks. then it could well here's the thing it's it could be very possible that that's true 
Um, it could be very possible that he was just saying that as um, he was just saying that as part of the the just the joke, you yeah. know, um, because they get. I mean, as far as I know. Uh, the Hardys and Ballard get along fine. So. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying Heat, but he was just no, joking. No, 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 like no, I know, I know, but saying, that's why I'm saying is he maybe could have said that in a joking manner, like, like, oh, well, you know, well, he kind of took my thing, so I can't use <laughs> it right now. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Um, I can see where that could potentially be an issue, but this is, this is my thing. Um, anytime anybody wears any kind of paint, you're gonna you're gonna appeal to the audience. More specifically, you're gonna appeal to the kids, kids. just because they see that they think it's cool. They want to paint. You're so, I want to do it too. They make me want to put it on and do like a little Finn Balor entrance somewhere random. Right. You're you're <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make interest happen. So see uh, the reason why I love Jeff Hardy is because a lot of times he does it himself. Actually, majority of times he does does it himself, and it's always different. It's always I've always thought it was so badass. Which is why I think when he does go on his singles run, we will see that come back. Because yes. he's been doing it at live shows. Has he? Yeah. Dude, oh, I didn't know that. Dude, there's been plenty of pictures, even on WWE's own website. That oh, shows I don't, I, sorry. I, I didn't I'll look at those things up. I, I need to. Well, if you follow Jeff Hardy on Instagram, anytime. I don't, him, actually. Because he doesn't follow me, to, so then. I followed him. Well, then you should. It, bot, it, bot. I'm a big believer. If you're not going to follow me, I'm going to unfollow you. What? Oh yeah, he didn't follow me. I might unfollowed him. He's a celebrity. He I know. I follow. You. I followed him. I follow him back from time to time. I'm weird. You are weird. I get hurt. No, she's. Oh, <laughs> God, you're worse than a woman at times. I don't know about that. Uh, I get butt hurt because somebody didn't follow me back. Well, it's not like, following me back. It's like I'm following this guy's life, and uh, he should follow me back. It's just common courtesy. I'm always tagging. Are him you in. a celebrity? Doesn't matter if you're if you're matter. a real good person. You, you know, don't care about. Would you, you don't, know Jeff Hardy if it wasn't for wrestling? My point. That exactly. that can be said to anybody in the world for anything. Travis, exactly. would you know me if you didn't know this person? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't get a good I correlation. Know you if it wasn't for George, so why would I follow? But it's not you a good more? correlation. And you, I wouldn't know saying. you if it wasn't for Tyler. Do. No, I know you from George. You're George's brother. But I know you from Tyler, though, because you didn't Tyler invite you? Yeah, he did. Okay, okay. so so if Tyler oh, invited yeah. you, and I went, and we were at the same house, we never met through George. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Thanks, but Tyler. Still, same premise. Same premise, though. I know. I, I didn't. Oh, I guess I'm just saying. I will. Jeff Hardy's. I guess. I mean, He's outside of wrestling, <laughs> you what? He's a celebrity. Yeah, I know he's a celebrity. Just I'm just saying, whatever. Why don't why we why are we getting this stuff? I don't know what you're talking about. Because I'm making I'm making my point that you're worse than a woman. So. Oh, Travis. I got to do my thing on you at least one time. So. Oh yeah. Uh, annoy the hell out of me. Um, oh, this coming from oh. the guy who will do random stuff during our podcast of singing and what? Okay. So, yeah, that's that's a uh, my mo. Um, okay. Let's uh. <laughs> Let's finish off with a nice, strong wrestling topic. Oh, just make sure it's it makes him look Roman strong. Oh God. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, dang, there's another thing I was talking about, uh, and I completely forgot. Anything <laughs> else that you want to bring up while we're uh, doing this whole shindig? Yeah, um, Jeff Hardy will come back wearing paint. Balor should not stop wearing the paint because he only brings it out on special occasions anyway. So leave it at that. That's my thought. But, oh, I'm going to go back into this again. Okay, well, 
Well, we never finished Don't you it. think, P.S. True, don't you think um, people are going to expect him to start doing it at every major match, and if he doesn't do it, it doesn't feel like a major match? So in his mind, he does it at major matches or major pay-per-views, right? So if sure. he skips his pay-per-view, he's basically telling the audience, I don't find this um, important enough to channel my energy. Well, here's the thing, and people that don't know Finn Balor's career from New Japan, um, they would already be accustomed to that because he didn't always wear paint at every single but match. But I'm saying in a fan's perspective, if you you're, if you are usually having to use this thing to have the best matches to defeat the highest opponents, you're basically it's, telling somebody, you're telling the audience a, that this person I'm going to go against, I'm having a storyline with, is not that challenging. I'm going to be able to beat him without my demon. <laughs> Well, he was already doing that, again, over in New Japan to begin with. I know. So. I'm just saying for the American audience, they're completely different audiences, though. They, they are, but at the same time, you're dealing with a lot of smarts uh, in American audiences. I mean, day. I've seen matches over in Japan. They slop each other and sit on the floor for 10 minutes. Come on. I, well, I've seen Japanese matches where you see a grown-ass man wrestle a brag doll. Yeah, I mean, and we've somehow, talked about that before. They make it look so damn convincing at times that even I was like, Is, what the, what? Yeah, well, that's what? just a good wrestler. <laughs> that's my thought. Jim Cornette would call it stupid, though. So, yeah. I, mean, depending actually, on I actually like Jim Cornette. I like, hey, all, oh, I love, a yeah, lot of his I points love, is always on it. I love Jim Cornette, and he is he is straightforward. I love, it. I love he's so passionate about it. He is, he is. That's why he hates Vince Russo so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people do in the industry, so. No kidding. <laughs> My God, that guy's got nuclear bomb. Heat. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a good rumbling reality. Um, I would like to say, if you want to talk to me, you can go to Twitter, WWE Ramsey. I'm doing a really good job at responding to most everybody on there. I was going to try to do one of those Twitter things like they did last week and ask people questions and answer them on here, but I forgot. Sorry about that. My bad. So let's let's do this then. Mm -hmm. If you've got a question for Rumbling Rumors or Rumbling Reality Podcast specifically, this is what we're going to ask you to do. Submit your questions throughout the week by using the hashtag Rumbling Reality, tagging myself or Ramsey, whichever one you want to do, or both for that matter. And, and one more time, you what's question, your what's your handle, Travis? My handle is at Travis underscore Falhart. And uh, I know Travis doesn't post a lot, but he will respond to you when you. I've been trying to get him. better with Twitter. Uh, like people that's, are that's people have been tagging you in things, so obviously they're listening. Exactly. So that's why I'm I'm trying to get better with Twitter, guys. So uh, don't take offense if I don't get back right away. But It'd be kind of cool if we saw wrestling reality once in a while. Been a long time. Do what? It'd be kind of cool if we saw a little bit of wrestling reality on YouTube. Well, and I'm going to kind of bring this up a little bit too, but I, I wasn't going to plug myself until mm. near the yeah, end. Yeah, you love plugging yourself. Not till the end, though. I was trying to do the betterment of the show. Oh, it was, See, a, it was a dirty joke. I was joke. trying to put the show first. It was a dirty joke. Anyway, um, if you have a question for us for the next show, just use the hashtag RumblingReality, tag myself or Ramsey or both in your question, and we'll read it on the air next week. Yep. So go that route. Um, on a side note, uh, y'all heard us talk about it earlier. I do a little bit of indie commentary um, for a, an independent promotion here in Oklahoma, and I'll have another gig coming up here in about two weeks. Um, I actually found, for those of you that don't know, there is a video on YouTube of the King Ricochet-Will Ospreay match 
from Best of the Super Juniors last year, the most one of the most controversial matches that was ever, ever in the professional wrestling industry. And it just so happened that there was no commentary whatsoever associated with the match. <laughs> so I, being myself, went to my old school kid route, and I actually videotaped the match on my phone and did my own commentary over the match. I People, will be, I've actually seen it before. I will actually be sharing the video today on my Twitter feed. If you would uh, do me a favor, for those of you that listen to our podcast, if you would like to just at least watch the video, and if you like it, please like it and share it either from YouTube. And if you share it, please share it on Twitter. And I'll share it to I'll share it to Rumbling Rumors Facebook for you. Go right on ahead, guys. Just it's it's part of what I eventually would like to do for a, a dream job. So, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, so. I was talking to uh, the owner of a wrestling hub. It's like a giant website on Facebook has like 170,000 people on there. Um, I was talking to him and saying, I was telling you want to be an announcer and stuff, and I forgot, he told me a couple uh, good points, and I uh, need to get those to you. <laughs> well, we, we always got time for that. Um, but, yeah, so, go. do we want to close out the show? Uh, yes, close out the show. Um, Alright, guys, it was good having you listen to us. Uh, if you could please like us, give us a five-star rating. I never say that. I think I said that two times or three times, and maybe, in like the 40s on the podcast we have. And it's showing because we have like no ratings except for like one or two. So give us some good ratings on any podcast app you use. Uh, subscribe to us. Um, please comment a good little review. If you want to bad review us, um, just do it for Travis. I'm good. I'm a good boy. Um, all right, guys. Um, <laughs> Travis, do oh, you already did your thing. You already did it. Actually, a lot of it. Okay, do you want me to just do the short version of it? Do the short version, yeah, because we already plugged too okay. much. <laughs> okay, so like us on Facebook, follow <laughs> us on Twitter, make sure to use the hashtag RumblingReality and any questions that you have for us for next week's show. And as always, take care and comb your hair. <laughs> All right, guys, come here. Uh, <laughs> take care, guys. We will see you next week. Peace.